Have you ever been told you're too deep? Well, not here, sis. Welcome to a new wave podcast. Join us as we dive deep into conversation around relationships, generational trauma, past hurt, fears, and doubts by exploring our emotional baggage through storytelling, interviews, and group discussions. Unpack those bags, sis. Feel those feelings. Collectively, we will heal, grow, and blossom into a new being. This isn't a substitute for therapy, but I promise it will be therapeutic. This is your host, Ebony B. Now, let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by... I love the way my hair looks and feels since I've been using Honey Bee hair products. If you're struggling with hair loss, dry and damaged hair, or you just want to keep your hair healthy, use Honey Bee hair products. Honey Bee hair products include shampoos and conditioners and hair treatment masks, all using natural ingredients like pure raw honey, lavender, and peppermint oil with added essential oils, promoting hair growth and aiding in overall hair wellness. Honey Bee hair products can be used on natural coils or relaxed styles. Get your bottle of Honey Bee hair products online at honeybeehairproducts.com or call 470-745-0882. That's 470-745-0882. Honey Bee hair products, where healthy hair begins. Hey y'all, welcome back to our series of Womb to Wisdom. Thanks for tuning in this week as we continue our series. Tonight we have a special guest that's going to give us some wisdom from her wombs, from my hometown, Makiba Peterson. I just want to start with a quote, and that is, grief isn't a life sentence, it's a passage. Hi Makiba, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy that it's Thursday. So that means it's Friday Eve. <laughs> it be- is my Friday. I love a good weekend. Thank you for joining us tonight as we continue this series that I have been doing for the last couple of weeks, which is Wombs to Wisdom. I reached out to you because I follow you and I've just been seeing your story and how transparent and even how vulnerable you've been with everything that you've been going through the last couple of years. I reached out to you to see if you would be willing to share your story because it's a story of courage and of strength. Tonight, I want to dig in deep and hear your story about your life-changing event that has caused you to do some healing. So, Ms. Makiba, what is that event? What has happened? What has been going on with you lately? Well, lately, um, I recently, about three and a half years ago, I lost my daughter to violence. Someone shot and killed her. Um, probably one of the worst days of my life. Um, it was hard. It still is hard. Um, I wouldn't wish this kind of pain on my worst enemy. I have been struggling from that day up until I would say it was January or February, if I'm not mistaken, when I started my counseling. I always would say, you know, I'm not going to talk to anyone because they don't know where I've been. They've been, they went to school to learn, you know, their profession. So they actually don't know, you know, what I went through and the pain that I have. And I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, talking to someone. But when it became overwhelming, because over over the time 
after I lost my daughter, I began to lose more people and it, it began to become hard to process. So I couldn't hide it as well as I was being like when I'm at work. Um, I used to have, I used to have moments prior to the other losses, just like right after I lost my daughter, I used to have, you know, breakdowns, but I didn't allow people to see me like that. So I would excuse myself and, and just deal with it and and go back to work. But in December of last year, I just, I don't know. It was just like my top was running over. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. I was breaking and it was affecting my work. And um, the guy at work had suggested that I get um, FMLA for when I had those episodes. That way I wouldn't have to come to work like that. And then they, the job had also offered me free counseling, three free sessions of counseling. And it was up to me if I wanted to continue to go to it. So after my three sessions, actually after the first session, I knew that um, that was something that I needed to do because it helped me tremendously. It, it relieved a lot of things that were built up inside of me, not just with my daughter, but um, with the losses that I had prior to her and after her. She's not my first child that I lost. I've lost four. She was just, it was, her situation was a little harder for me to deal with, being that my first daughter that passed away, she was five months, so I had five months with her. Not saying that I loved her any less than I loved Deasia, but um, I had 20 years with Deasia. Um, I was pregnant with a set of identical boy twins, and I had to deliver them, and they were dead. That was hard, being that, you know, you are expecting you know, these babies to come and you're preparing for them to come and then something like that happens and you have to go into labor literally and deliver dead babies. Mm -hmm. So that was traumatic for me. But when I lost Deasia, it was different because someone took her from me. Someone literally took her, killed her. so it was hard. It was harder than my other kids. Um, I don't know. It was, I, I really can't describe the pain because. And, and it's uh, in her situation from what um, I can remember. Um, it was such a viral type of thing that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this was like a neighborhood like fight a street fight and end up, mm-hmm. you know, a gun was pulled out and she was an innocent bystander, right? Um, right. The, 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 what the thing is at this point is that how the kids record the stuff. And it's right. like the fight is being live recorded and this happens. It was so many different versions of that fight and so many people out there, including adults, that's what bothered me the most because the adults didn't do anything to try to, you know, step in and, and, and stop whatever was going on. Um, they were going live as well. Um, my daughter was, and she shouldn't have been there. I'm, I'm going to say that she shouldn't have been there, but she was an adult and it just, you know, her cousins live on that street. So that's where, you know, she spent a lot of her time over there because she was close with them. And um, she was just standing there watching and she couldn't run because the month prior, which is August, she had just had surgery on her femur bone because she had gotten hit by a car. Mm. And 
she had a brace on her leg, so it wasn't like she could run. So she, when he, when the the boy shot, it was just like everybody's running. She gets shot. Another little girl got shot, but she she survived her injury. She, I believe, she was shot in her leg, but my daughter was shot in her chest. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone that she was there with, you know, left her. It was strangers around my child, you know, trying to help her, literally trying to help her. Mm-hmm. And I felt so when I found out, when I got the phone call, it was one of her friends had called me. And it was just the most insensitive phone call that anybody could ever have gotten she calls and she says, Miss Kiba, Deja got shot and I think she did. Mm. And that was it. Mm. And I'm like, don't play with me like that. She was like, I wouldn't play about something like that. We're on Matt Cumber. And I'm like, okay. I knew my son had just went to the store in my car. So I'm, you know, panicking and trying to find my keys at the same time that I'm panicking. So I ended up finding my keys. But before I found my keys... My um, childhood friend was just so happened to be walking down the street, not down member, but the side street that is right there by where it happened. Mm-hmm. And something he said something told him to just go over there. And he had just saw my daughter, me and her. And he was telling her, you know, you need to stay off this street. You know, mm-hmm. this is not a place for you over here. You know, he tried to tell her that before all of this happened. So he said when he walked towards where the commotion was, he saw the leg brace and that's when he knew that it was her. Mm. So he caught me and he, as long as I've known him, I've never heard him cry, but he was really crying. And he was like, you need to get over here. And I'm like, is it her? He said, it's her. I said, is she gone? And he said, she's gone. So the police officer I could hear in the background telling him, don't tell her to come over here and tell her to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I went to Toledo Hospital and I sat in the parking lot for like, they would not let me in the hospital. They wouldn't let me or her father in the hospital. We were out there for probably like three hours before they came and got got us and took us in this room and told us that she had succumbed to her injuries. And that was the beginning of a journey that I don't think a weak person would be able to walk down. And I'm just being honest because uh, I don't know where, I'm not going to say I don't know where I get it from, but I know I get my strength from God. But, you know, that was like a really, really, really weak moment for me. Um and the hard moment mm-hmm. for anyone, right? I was reading something and it said, if a wife loses her husband, that's a widower. If a husband mm-hmm. loses his wife, his, his wife, he's a widow, or I'm probably saying it backwards. And if a child loses their parents, they're an orphan. But when right. that parent loses their child, there's no words to describe it. And, the, nope. and, and there's no words to describe that pain that you are feeling even still to this day, right? The natural order of life, no one ever thinks that they will outlive their child, right? Right. All those emotions, like that's a loaded. It um, just, I don't know. I just, I've always protected my kids. I sheltered her, especially. I didn't allow her to you know, do the things that other parents were allowing their kids to do. I just wasn't that type of parent. This time, it was like I was starting to blame myself Mm. for this because I couldn't protect her this time. It was just like, you know, she was alone. And I just kept asking people that were there, like, you know, was she crying for me? I mean, did she? I mean, I didn't know if she was suffering. I didn't know anything you know because I didn't the when they were showing the videos and stuff I refused to watch it I didn't watch it I didn't watch it until I actually had to go to court and when they um bonded the young man over from the juvenile court they played the video one of the videos in court so that was kind of like 
wow. And um, the fact that I had to bury her, that's something that um, I didn't want to go through again. I had to bury my first daughter. You know, that was really, really hard. And I cremated my twins. Oh, God. Just to see her laying there, you know, she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, she looked, she looked really, really beautiful, but I didn't want her to be there. I wanted her to be beautiful with me. And if I could have been there, I would have taken that bullet for my daughter to be able to continue to live her life because you never want to be in a place where you have to close the casket on your child, see them tuck her in. So when you say four children that you've lost, Mm -hmm. was there ever like a feeling of like betrayal and anger or any type of like resentment, like from like, God, like, God, why? Why Mm -hmm. is it to me? Mm -hmm. More so this time, I didn't, I didn't have no understanding, you know, the first time when, when my first daughter passed, her name was Demetria. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get it. Like, okay, what is this about? Like, why, you know, am I going through this? But I wasn't, I wasn't angry at that time. I wasn't angry when she passed. I was just really, really sad and hurt. Not angry though. Mm-hmm. With my twins, I wasn't angry because I knew that it was an act of God. I knew my first daughter was an act of God. So I wasn't angry on those two occasions. But this occasion, I was really, really upset. I was angry Mm -hmm. because I felt like, okay, why you keep taking my kids from me? Like, what is it that you want from me? Like, why do you have to use them to get a reaction or whatever he was trying to get out of me. Like, why is it that you had to do that to get my attention? It was other things that I felt that he could have done to get my attention, but don't take my children because honestly, they are really all that I have in this world. I still have my mom, but it's nothing like you raising your own kids and you guys have that bond and someone takes it away from you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah, I was really, 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 really angry. And I was angry for a long time. And I just, you know. And like you say, even at the people that was there, right? It is a complicated emotions, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, because the adults that were around, the friends that mm-hmm. were around, it's like, well, who was protecting her? Right. So all of those emotions too. the day. Nobody was protecting her. No adult was protecting her. All of the people that were there with her wasn't protecting her. Her She had family that was there that wasn't protecting her. It was just like, you know, and, and the things that the other thing that I was angry about was that, you know, the people that I felt, you know, the boy that killed her only got 21 years. And the reason that he got 21 years is because the people that, you know, her her friends and some of her family was out there and would not testify on behalf of my daughter. So thank God that, you know, he got 21 years because he could have walked in all honesty because they wouldn't testify. So it bothered me to see them posting pictures of my daughter on their pages and, you know, saying, oh, we miss you, DeAsia, but how do you do something like that when you couldn't even stand up for her, you know? So that was another part of my anger and some something that I had to get past. Mm-hmm. I would never deal with them again. You know, I would not, I don't hate them. I even told the boy that killed her that I, w- I didn't hate him. I forgive him. Or what he did to my life. But as far as ever dealing with the people that were there with her and left her, never again. It's nothing that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. I lost a friend, you know, because of this situation. And it was because her son was there and he didn't testify. So in my mind, if I continued to be friends with her, 
I would still have to see her son. I would still have to interact with him in some type of way. And I didn't feel that I needed to choose them over my daughter. So I just eliminated the friendship and she don't understand it, but that's my stance and I'm sticking to it. Mm -hmm. I don't hate her. I love her, but I will never deal with her. Mm-hmm. That's your son. You're going to stand by him and I'm going to stand by my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even after those feelings, you know, of the, of even like the shock, right? The shock, mm-hmm. all, um, the disbelief of it all. Like, I can't believe this, this happened, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, that guilt comes in, the anger comes in, feeling powerless mm-hmm. comes in, right? And then we, right. And then it's like, okay, and now I'm feeling depressed or I'm just feeling not myself. Like you said, I can't hold it together any longer. You know, right. I, I kept going because time don't stop. And that's the hard part about a loss too, right? Is that mm-hmm. everybody keep moving on with their life, even if right. you, right? Exactly. Having to still get up because you're still a mom. I still got to take care of my other children. I still got to be present for them and the grandkids, right? Um, and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I got to work. So even breaking down there at work is not getting easier. Am I depressed or am I still just mad and upset about all of this, right? No, I was definitely okay. depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was definitely depressed. Okay. I didn't acknowledge it then, but I knew it. You know, um, I would go to work. And I would come home, I would shower, and I would not come out of my room. Um, I didn't participate in outside activities. I didn't, you know, surround myself with with my other family or my friends. Like, I was just in the house. You know, my my friend used to say, I'm getting ready to come over here because I know you in your room, and I'm about to get you out that room. Uh But I... I was to a point where I was okay being in my room because it was like a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it allowed me to think, but it also made me, when I was thinking, it made me sad. So I didn't want people to see me broken. I didn't want people to, you know, see the real me because when I walk out this door, I have to put a face on. So they won't see the brokenness. You understand? So when I go to work, I'm, hey, how you doing? You know, whatever, whatever. I do my job. Then I go home. Then I'm broken again. So um, I tried. I promise. I tried. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not a people person, but I'm a private person. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm an energy filler. Like if your energy is off, I just like, you know, stay away. Cause I don't, I don't know. It's just something about people's energy that, that either makes me feel right or it makes me feel, you know, uneasy. And that's so, real. you're absolutely right. Some people don't have good energy. Some people got some real bad energy and we got to have the discernment. Like you said, I can feel it. So now I got to mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to. And it was like one time um, my sister's friend had referred me to this um, lady that, you know, had was doing like grief counseling or whatever. And I went there and I was speaking to her. And I just, you know, I, I didn't I didn't pour my soul out to her because I didn't want to be rude because I did make this appointment. I didn't want to be rude with her. But I knew that I was not going to indulge in my personal stuff because the vibe that she gave me was not the vibe of um, secrecy or um, non-judgmental or I'm not going to repeat what we're talking about. That type of vibe. So, yeah. So after I left there, I never went back. And that was actually within the first year of my daughter's passing. And I never went back. And I just, that was just really like, <laughs> for some reason, it was like, okay, that's, it confirmed my my feelings. Like, I don't need to talk to nobody because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody will understand me. She never lost no kids. She's lost a, I think she lost a nephew or something, but it was nothing 
compared to, you know, you could be an aunt and lose your niece or nephew, but you don't feel the same pain that I'm feeling. So it was just like, eh, I'm cool. So I never went back, but I promise when I started going to counseling, it allowed me to acknowledge that I've been depressed way before my daughter passed away. Mm. And um, I was allowed to release things that I had, but that I've had bottled up in me since probably the 90s. No, I'm going to say the 80s when my dad passed. And that was a hard thing for me to, you know, as a child, I was 13 and I didn't know how to process death. I mean, losing my dad because we were close and um, I still held on to that and um, other things that was taking place in my life, you know, up until my daughter was killed. So I was able to release those things. And I promised that first, that first session, I was like, oh my God, like, I cannot believe. Counseling this time, what happened? What made you go to counseling? You said you were telling us like you broke down, you was breaking down at work. A coworker mm-hmm. told you, use your FMLA. That's why I love when we can talk and be open and got a support system where, you know, because what you don't know, you don't know, right? So right. that was like, awesome. that was a beautiful thing that he told you about that, right? Oh, um, yeah. What helped you? Because when I went to her, her name is Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. She's a black woman. She looks like me. She has natural hair. Um, she made me comfortable. Um She didn't judge me. She gave me, um, when I was speaking with her, she allowed me to speak. She was quiet. And when I was done speaking, she gave me, you know, how she felt about what I said or what I was talking to her about. And she gave me tools to take with me to use to be able to, you know, when this happens, you should do this. And then when that happens, you should do this. And she let me know that I was in control of mm. everything like um I'm in control of who comes into contact with me I'm in control over who you know hurts me mm-hmm. you know stuff like that and I promise that woman <laughs> she made me feel so comfortable um the setting was 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 comfortable um and she calls and she checks on me. Okay. So I go and see her every week, every Friday. And I'm going to continue to do that until I get to a place where I, you know, I know I'm not going to need that anymore. I'm not, I don't want to use it as a crutch, but I know that I'm not done. I still have some work to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being in denial of, what was really going on inside of me was not doing anything but hurting me internally. And anybody that is battling with depression, anxiety, you know, any of those mental things, you know, we tend to sweep stuff under the rug, but you only can sweep stuff under the rug so long before you trip over the rug because there's so much stuff under there. Let's talk about it. Yes. I'm saying? So... Until we are open and transparent about what's going on on the inside and be able to release those things, not just to the world, just, you know, you don't have to do that with everybody. Just do it with one person that's not going to judge you, that's going to give you things that you need to, to utilize, you know, so you can live a healthy and normal life. They don't, they, but there's a lot of people out here that are in denial and won't acknowledge the fact that they have an issue with depression. It's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make you weird. It's just something happened in your life that made you sad and you just never got over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what my situation was. I, I had a lot of things happen in my life, whether it be death, whether it be, you know, relationships, domestic violence, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had that still on the inside of me and I had to release it. Mm -hmm. I had to, 
Because if I didn't release it, I was going to break. I was going to have literally a mental breakdown. And I'm so glad that that I have her to talk to mm-hmm. every Friday. She gives me time, you know, to be able to go through my week. And then when I go see her, I can just let it all out. Uh-huh. And, then, you know. Yeah. Those check-ins, right? Like we we need those check-ins. Um, and the most beautiful thing about it is that like um it's crazy because you know, um even after this, once this feels a little bit better, it's not like we will be healed, right? Um you won't like you said, life's still happening. I'm still going through the week. I still mm-hmm. got to make it through the whole week. So things still going to happen. You know, it's never going to be a perfect day, a perfect year. So things still always happen in our lives. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, again, it's a it's a journey. You know, it's definitely a journey. It's not going it to ever be a destination. So um, and it's almost like having like that best friend. Right. Like you need somebody to talk to. Like you said, like if I keep it, in, I only can keep it in for so long. For so long, I can only keep, mm-hmm. you know, and then I have to talk. I have to talk to somebody about it or just even sometimes that's when we even begin to talk to ourselves. Right. Um, yeah. And it's like and that's all therapy is. That's all conversation yeah. is, is talking. But we're so yeah. afraid of it sometimes. Right. Um, people are ashamed of it. Like some people have gone through so much traumatic stuff in their lives that they're ashamed and they blame themselves for a lot of the things that they've gone through. But in reality, some of the things that they've gone through is really not their fault. And it's okay to be transparent. Mm-hmm. It's okay to just open up. But you, I understand people not wanting to open up to everybody because you can't, because everybody doesn't have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. So this is why I feel comfortable with Jacqueline because she made me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I know she doesn't know anything about me but what I tell her. She doesn't know any of my family. She doesn't know my friends. She doesn't know, you know, my daily routine, you know, every, she doesn't know what, what I don't tell her. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I know it's not going to be her getting on the phone with her girlfriends like, girl, let me tell you. That was, that was what I did not want. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that with her. So I don't talk to my mom about, you know, certain things. I talk to her, but I don't talk to her about certain things because I know my mom and I know it's not going to stay between her and I. So I tend to just tell her, you know, minor things. I don't tell her things that's, you know, major or how I'm feeling because, again, I'm not saying that I don't trust her. I love my mom to death, but I just know how she is. So, People need to, you know, just take a chance. I promise. (laughs) I promise I took a chance because I was so rebellious. I did not want to talk to nobody about what I was going through. Even though they say talk to God, I talked to God. I let him know how I felt, you know, and I let him know, you know, what was going on on the inside of me, even though he already knows these things, but I had to vent to him because I was upset. But I didn't, I don't know how to hear him. So me going to the therapist, I can hear her and she can, we're right here. So therefore I can, you know, hear the things that she's saying, but I know whatever God has for me, he's either going to show me in my dream. Mm. Or he's gonna, or he's gonna send someone Talk to, to to tell me or to confirm what I already, you know, what I'm saying was feeling because sometimes, like yesterday, I was at work and I had some things that this is some something that I'm gonna talk to her about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I had some, I had some things that came on my mind that it was like decisions and. I didn't talk to nobody about this. My friend from South Carolina just so happens to call out of the blue. And when I say, I'm not going to say that they knew what I was, what was, I was thinking, mm-hmm. but everything they said to me just pretty much confirmed everything that I was thinking. So I know that God sends people. Mm-hmm. 
to speak on his behalf. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was real, you know, versus the people like God told me to tell you, I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. But mm-hmm. just me not, I hadn't spoken to him in probably like two years. So just out of the blue. And he just says, you know, everything, but it was all about God and, and where he wanted me to be and what I needed to do. But it was already being thought about in my head when I was at work. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, he yeah. just really just confirmed everything that, you know, and it's fine to talk to God. But when you have, you know, someone like I have in my therapist, God, it's, it's really... It's really awesome people in your life. He placed people in your life for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, that's even when you're crying out for help. Like you said, mm-hmm. Lord, help me. Please help me. And he sent those people to help you, right? But it's mm-hmm. up to us to accept it, to receive it. Right. Do you receive right. it? You know, um, so mm-hmm. that's beautiful, right? Like you said, I can't wait. I need to go talk to her. You know, like, mm-hmm. she's going to tell me, okay. She gonna give me these tools again. She gonna tell me what's up. Um, and that's the and that's the beautiful thing about it is because it kind of restores the hope, right? Um, right. You know, I've accepted this, right? But I need to like restore my hope, right? Right. Um, and this is gonna allow me to do so um, and move forward in my life, right? Because I right. can't stay stuck right here, right? Right. Because the definition of drowning is saying submerged in the water. So let me just float. Let me just let me uh, just uh, release all of this and let me just float back on top of the water. Right. Because they tell me that my body going to float anyways. Right. So let me float and ride these waves out. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So with that um, and going to support me and going to um, counseling this year, I'm so proud of you. I know you're proud of yourself (laughs) for doing so. Like you said, for taking that chance on yourself. We got to take a chance on ourselves and nobody else. Right. Um, Right. Because I, I always say this saying is that it's okay not to be okay. And May is the month of mental health awareness anyways. So okay. for anybody out there, you know, it's okay that you are not feeling okay right now, right? But this mm-hmm. the thing is, it's not okay to stay right there. Don't stay there. Right. Right. Like reach out for that help. Receive the help. Right. Use those yeah. benefits because going to therapy is a luxury and especially for black women. Right. And if right. I'm working and if I got this insurance, why not use the benefit? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, my family and my friends can only help me so much. They only can take me so far. Right. Mm-hmm. I need somebody that um that like you said, that went to school for this. <laughs> Let me hear what you got to say, right? I done heard what these people got to say. They went through it. Let me hear what you got to say because really, um, even in therapy, is really all about gaining a new perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You know? That's all that is about is just gaining yeah. a new perspective. Did nothing really change? I'm just looking at it a little bit different. Right. Right. And that also allows me that also allowed me to accept some stuff, to let some things Mm -hmm. go, to move past some things. Right. Um, And like you said, which is so beautiful, too, is having that support and having your family, having those key people in your life that you can lean in on, um, that you can call and talk to and and get that support. Or like you said, I just need to listen in right now. I don't want you to say nothing. Right. me right I don't need no feedback I don't need no validation just listen to me right Um, and that's what we um that's what we need right um but moving forward um moving forward sometimes especially like with um again um with losing your baby losing your babies when you move on sometimes I know it even feel bad like you know when you be grieving and you mourn and you sad about a loss and when you don't feel sad sometimes for those moments, you kind of mm-hmm. feel bad that you ain't feeling sad, right? Because it's like, if I move on, am I going to forget about her, right? Do I forget about the situation? No, I don't feel like that. Okay. I don't I don't get those feelings. When, um, when, I, when my first daughter passed away, I used to go to the cemetery like, Wow, it was like a whole bunch of times in the week that I would go to the cemetery and visit her and put flowers down, Christmas trees down. And I, I started to go to the office and go off on them because they would cut my baby's flowers when they was, you know, mowing the, the grass. And and I and I got to a place where, you know what, 
going to stop coming out here because although this is my reality, you know, that she is, her, her body is there, but her spirit is not. So mm-hmm. therefore there's no need for me to really just, you know, continue to go out there as like, like I was. And I was using it as a crutch. Same difference with my, with my daughter this time. I lived not even five minutes from the cemetery. Like I would come down my street and the cemetery is right there. So when I was going to court, I used to leave court and I would go and get drunk. And that's another sign of depression. Um, I would just get drunk to try to just like mask the pain. And I would drive my car to the cemetery gate and would just scream her name. You know, why? Like, why did you... Why is my baby in here? Like, oh my God, like, you know, stuff like that. And I ended up having to make the decision to move out of that house, not because of the memories that I had in the house, but because I was, I was doing the cemetery entirely too much. Mm -hmm. And I I was doing it like I was with my first child. And I did not want to use the fact that it was that close to my house as a crutch, like I had to ride past the cemetery almost every day. And it was like, you know, it was weighing on me to have to do that every day. So when I moved, um, I didn't go as much. I really didn't go, you know, if I'm, if I was having like a bad day, like it's not that far from my job. So if I was having a bad day, I could go there and, you know, excuse me, sit and talk with her, you know, whatever I was talking to her about. But as far as me, going there like I used to, I do not. I will go for her birthday and I will go on her death date. And, you know, I have my family and friends with me. And um, I have someone say that, you know, that I'm celebrating my baby and it's not helping me. But I, I don't agree with that because I'm not going to ever allow my daughter's memory to die. So if that means me going to celebrate her life with a balloon release or, you know what I'm saying, for her birthday or putting flowers on her, great, that is my choice. And it doesn't make me a weak person. It doesn't make me miserable. It doesn't make me sad. It just makes me want to continue to allow her memory to live on through me. And whatever I choose to do for her, you know, is what I is what I choose to do is not setting me back or anything like that. I mean, I do it because I want to keep her memory alive. Mm-hmm. And that's just my choice. It doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm um I'm I don't know how they were putting it. Like it was just like set, it was like basically setting me back, but it's not setting me back. Because it's something that they can't understand again. Exactly. You've never lost a child. I've never lost a child, right? So it's a feeling that I will never understand until it happens. Right. I remember my and I used to tell people, boss. like, don't ever let nobody tell you how to grieve. This mm-hmm. is your, you can do whatever you, you want to scream, if you want to yell, if you want to, you know, just punch a bag or whatever you feel you need to do. Or you know, a time limit. Don't, you can't put a time limit. There is no time limit because okay. that is your child. First and foremost, and that pain's not ever going anywhere. It the pain might get a little easier, but the pain will never leave. You're gonna always think about your children. I'm gonna always think about my children, even though with the twins, I didn't have time with them. They, I felt them. I bonded with them in the womb. So therefore, those were my kids. Demetria, like I said, I had five months with her. So therefore, I still think about her. As I'm gonna always think about all of them. So. Mm-hmm. How old they will be on their birthdays, what they um, doing right now. You know, all of those things play, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... Because it's the future that was robbed of you, right? You almost feel robbed, right? You almost feel betrayed because it's like, this is the future that I've been preparing for when that baby was in my womb, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm caring for my baby, right? All I can think about is the future with this child and what it would possibly grow up to be, right? right. Um, so it definitely is... Um, like you almost do feel right. I, I don't know, but that's on that's the only word that I could almost feel. Um mm-hmm. that I could use to kind of describe 
a feeling that you could have one of the feelings because there's a whole lot of them, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of them happen at one time. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, don't tell me how to grieve. Don't tell me how long to grieve, right? And it doesn't happen in a linear motion either, right? One day I right. am, one day I am down, right? It's like yep. the skies in the ocean, right? This pain ain't going to never go away. It's going to keep on crashing, right? Yep. But it's all in how I ride it out, right? That's right. I, I keep on surviving, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because surviving the death of a child, um, it takes dedication to live again, right? Mm-hmm. To still know who you are, right? Like that, take dedica- that takes courage. Like you said, that takes strength to be able to still get up every day and keep on living, right? And like mm-hmm. you said, for your baby, right? For mm-hmm. her. For them, for them. I said, I used to say, God must really think I'm strong <laughs> because he keep taking my kids from me. But I don't believe that God gives his battles to the weak. I feel that he He designed my life this way. And I've come to terms with that. And I don't know what's next. You know what I'm saying? But whatever Whatever else I have to go through just to get to where I'm supposed to be or whatever, you know, he has for me, then so be it. I just don't want it to be no more my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't take no more of my babies for me. Just mm-hmm. don't because I, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able. This one was a, a low blow, but take another one and it's going to be I'm going to be done. Like, I just I'm not going to be able to make it without my babies. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, they're all I have. And. We have a bond. My kids all are close. DeAsia, we're all close with her siblings. And it really, you know, I felt like me getting the help that I'm that I needed to get would not always not also help me, but it's gonna help them mm. as well. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't be strong for them and be weak. And I don't allow them to see me in my weak points. And I don't because I don't want them to feel like, well, she's not as strong as I thought she would. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that it's okay to have your weak moments. It's okay to cry. I told my son one time because he, you know, my boys are so closed. Mm-hmm. And um, my son, my youngest son, you know, we were having a conversation and I think what he remembered was just how she looked in her casket. And he kept saying, I don't remember her face, like outside of the casket. And I was like, you got so many memories with your sister. You know, you can talk to her. She can hear you. She's a spirit. You know, she can hear you. She, she's with us every single day. So therefore, it's not nothing that you can't say that she's not going to hear. So Tell her how you feel. Tell her that you love her. You know what I'm saying? Just like my other son, he's 22 and her and him and my, him and DeAsia were really, really, really close. They like grew up like attached to the hip. So um, he does not, he's not an expresser. So it's kind of hard to, you know, knock his wall down. But um, I can see through his kids that he's okay. He's not as bad as he was, you know, because his daughter, I, I promise his daughter looks just like DeAsia. It's crazy. She looks just like DeAsia and she's sassy, you know, and, and that I think that gives him life. I think that gives him, <laughs> you know, the energy that he needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, she has a seven-year-old, and when when my daughter was here, the, my grandson was really, really close with my daughter. Like she had him when my when my other daughter was at work, like all the time. So their bond was like never before. And I can remember being at the church. He was three when she died, and um, his dad had him in his arms, and they were going up to see her in the casket. And he had his head on his dad's shoulder, but his face was toward, you know, facing me. And he just kept looking at me. And he was like, Nani, TT won't get up, Nani. She just won't get up. And he was just crying. And it broke me down so bad because I knew that the bond that they had was just like never before. But he's older now. And, you know, 
my daughter, I think, you know, she sees things in him that, you know, probably came from his relationship with his aunt. Um, she's my strong child, Kiera. That's my oldest daughter. She's my strong child. So um, she keeps us all, you know, centered and, and together. If something happens, she's the one that's making the phone calls. But I sometimes, you know, she probably needs somebody herself. So one day she came to me and I'm, I'm very happy about that. She said, Mom, I think I need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that was it for me. That was it for me. That's an acknowledgement that you need something. You need help. Mm-hmm. And I gave her I gave her my counselor, my therapist card. Mm-hmm. Call her. This is who I want you to talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how therapy works, right? Because they what, what they do tell you is that you have to remember that you're in therapy and everybody else isn't, right? But it's also crazy how when you change, the people around you change or Ooh, Lord. change. Girl, I'm telling you, God has been revealing people left and right. Mm-hmm. I promise. I'm talking about revelation all day. Like he has been revealing since the day the 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 pastor that reached out to me when my daughter passed away. I'm talking about he was amazing. I did a, a show for him. Um he did he has this little um show that he does at his church and myself and two other women that lost their kids um were guests. And prior to that, we had already had a relationship because he had reached out to me when she passed. Mm-hmm. Um we did the the show last year, but he said to me, and it made sense to me. I didn't think of it like that, but he said, you know, because it was it was so viral that it was so. When I went to her viewing, I did not go inside the funeral home because the line was out the door, and I didn't want to be around all those people. So I sat in the car. So he said to me. It's not about the people that's around you right now. It's mm-hmm. about the people that's going to be there with you when you're going through after you put her in the ground. Those are the people that you need to be around you. Everybody else going to go. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he, he was absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So the people that are around me now, which is not a lot of people because he's still revealing people. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for those people. And I'm grateful that, that the other ones went where they went because I didn't need that I didn't need that energy like I had people that were really upset at the fact that my daughter's case was viral like it wasn't my fault you know they were upset and I didn't I didn't I just didn't want that I didn't want that type of energy around me Mm -hmm. and the people that that I have around me are people that are there for me when I need them to be there for me and it's probably like I can count on one hand because this, these are the tougher days, right? The days mm-hmm. right after the casseroles is coming, the food is coming, the chicken yeah. coming, the people coming, right? Mm-hmm. But I, the food gonna leave. The food yeah. gonna happen. You yeah. gotta go back to work, you know. Yeah. But now who's there, right? Like those are those days where it does get real lonely, where it does get depressing, right? When we do find ourselves isolating and stuff. But I'm just so proud of you for being able to pull yourself out of it, um, for being able to still be strong and resilient, like you said, and being a mother still to the kids that's left behind, right? and, and and that's the hard part, right? Um, is keep going every day, keep going. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to give up, but what are what are you gonna? I mean, what are you gonna do when you give up? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna fall to the wayside. You're gonna not be able to live. You're not gonna be able to pay your bills, and you're gonna be dependent on other people. I don't want to depend on other people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And people, people um, watch us and more than we think that they watch us, right? I promise they do. And I had somebody tell me one day in the grocery store, he said to me, he was like, um, you don't look like what you've been through. And I just looked at him like, what? He was like, you don't know that you don't know who's paying attention to you or who's watching you. I can see your strength. 
You know what I'm saying? And I was like, well, you know, thank you. Cause I took it as a compliment. He was like, no, for real. You know, mm-hmm. you don't look like what you've been through. And I admire your strength. And I just was like, wow. Even your, really your words when you post or whatever, right? Um, because mm-hmm. you can still be in a real dark place. You mm-hmm. can saying some real um, dark things, right? But those aren't what your words speak, right? Your words right. speaking, um, you know, that there is still some life, right? Mm-hmm. That um, that um, there is some hope, right? Um, right. That um, I will survive and I will get through this, right? Um, and even being able to talk um, openly and honestly about, you know, reaching out and getting the help that you need, right? Even taking people along that journey. Y'all was, all, y'all was here then, okay? And I, come on, keep coming with me, right? Let me show you some more. Um, so I just appreciate that because... All of those stories and your story tonight, um, again, is just a testimony, right? Like God gave us all of these trials, tribulations, and tests for them to become a testimony, right? For somebody, right, right? Um, to let them know that you can get through it, right? It does feel, it, it, it is painful, it is hard, but you can get through it, right? Every day, right. one day at a time. Um, and it's just that, like, these stories um, that I've been hearing and that I've been having um the pleasure like you tonight um to hear I know that it's just gonna help somebody else out right um so I am just so honored that you were able to come and tell your story um um and and it's kind of like this is even therapeutic too right um just one more time right um us that don't know anything about it what happened and how beautiful your daughter was because she was she was definitely a beautiful girl right and and Mm -hmm. smile like you could just uh her aura the aura that I even feel from looking at her pictures you can tell that she was and she is a beautiful soul so thanks Mm -hmm. for sharing her with us um tonight Night, and thanks for sharing us with sharing her with us for the 20 years that she was here. Thank um, you. And then uh just because I always forget to ask this question, the wisdom part. What 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 is the wisdom that we are gaining from this um from these um series of events that's been happening? Um, what is the wisdom that you've gained? The wisdom that I gained. From what I've gone through is that we all go through stuff. We all have our battles, you know, but it's how we deal with our battles. It's okay, you know, to feel hurt. That's not, it's nothing wrong. We're human. We have emotions. It's okay to feel like, you know, you don't, it's okay to feel however you want to feel, But at the end of the day, you can't allow yourself to stay in that place. You have to, if you know that you are sad all the time and you know that you are depressed all the time, it's nothing wrong with acknowledging the problem. The Bible says to seek ye first. So if you seek it, you're going to get the help that you need. And I've gotten the help that I need and I'm still getting the help that I need not just for myself. You know, sometimes we got people looking at us just like you just said, you know, and you don't know the impact that you are, you know, placing on people that are just watching. Which It could be your kids. It could be your nieces and nephews. It could be anybody in this world. And they taking notes from your struggles. And if you just acknowledge, okay, look, this is being, it's just too heavy. You know, I can't, I can't continue to live like this. I don't want to be sad no more. I want to smile. I want to be happy. You know, I don't want to sit in a room like I was doing for all that time. You know, I want to be able to live life the way God intended for me to live life. And the only way that I'm going to be able to live life the way God intended is if I get help, whether it be from God or whether it be from a therapist or whatever you believe in. Mm -hmm. Don't think that because you're depressed that is something wrong with you. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not people put stigmas on people with mental issues and I have compassion for people like that because 
I know how it feels to be depressed. I know how it feels to have anxiety attacks. I know how it feels, you know, and it's nothing fun about it and there's nothing to make fun about it. But if it's something that you can do to help somebody, then you should you should do that. And if whatever I said tonight has helped somebody that make just one person, it gives it brings me joy because I believe that the reason that I've gone through all of these things that I've gone through is because of this testimony. God brought me, you know, he 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 knew this was gonna happen. He designed it this way and I didn't fail. I didn't give up. I did not allow others to pull me, you know, back to who I once was. Like, I say this all the time. Like, the person that I was in my 20s, I did not like her. Mm. I don't, I didn't. But the person that I am now, I'm more humble. And life humbled me. So, therefore, the person that I am now, you'll see me smiling. You see me happy. You know, I have my days and my moments when I'm not smiling or happy, but the majority of the time I am those things. And it's not because of people in this world. It's because of everything that I've, that God allowed me to go through. And he birthed me to become this woman, whatever people want to say. I'm strong. Yeah, I'm strong. I feel like I'm strong. Sometimes I don't, but I know I'm a strong woman. And this is how this is the way God intended for me to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a strong woman. And it's OK not to be so strong sometimes either. Right? Oh, yeah. um, don't be so strong that you forget to be weak. Yes, <laughs> please don't. Because guess what? Um Every, It'll sneak up on you. Valid. You know, like how you said, it don't matter how you feel, good, bad, or indifferent, those are your feelings and you're entitled. Right. Nobody can take those feelings away from you. Nobody take them away from you. Um, so, Makiba, I got like this last round because I know the conversation got to end. But it's okay. like, I feel like I could just keep on talking to you. <laughs> um, but my last round is called The Rapid Waves. So I got a couple questions I'm gonna ask you and you just answer them with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Um, so the first question is, uh, what does it mean to heal? Acknowledging the pain. What are wounds? What are what? Wounds, like. Wounds. Mm-hmm. Wounds are reminders of where you've been and it allows you to see not only where you've been, but where, how far you've come and where you are at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what emotion um, do you express the most? Mm-hmm. What emotion do I express the most? Humility. Mm. And what is your self-care routine? My self-care routine is my therapy. Um, I don't pray like I used to, I'm not gonna lie, but prayer helps. Um, I do Bible study on Mondays. Um, I'm always embracing my kids and my grandbabies. And I mean, loving those that love me. Mm. I like that. I like that. I like the two of them. Uh, <laughs> be too strong not to be weak and loving those who love me. Yes. Right. Those was my little nuggets. I got a couple more too, but those <laughs> I just remember that that's. Um, but again, thanks my listeners. Uh, thanks um, to you, uh, Miss Peterson, for coming on tonight um, and telling us the um, legacy and the memory of Miss Asia. Um, and uh, my listeners, if you like this, um, if you like this episode, please make sure that you like, that you leave me a comment and that you share. If you like it enough, have a little listening party with your homegirls. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys again and I will see you all 
the next time. Again, this is your host, Ebony B. Thanks for joining us on the New Wave Podcast, a healing conversation. If you love this episode, have a listening party. Hit the like, share, and subscribe button so you can catch every new episode. And as always, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh new content. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Life is like a wave. You can't change the way it breaks, only the way you ride it. Stay encouraged and have a great day on purpose.